with the Triumph Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to June's podcast series of One Month to Better Investigations and Internal Reporting. So what do you do when the call, the email, or the personal tip comes into your office where an employee reports suspicious activity somewhere literally across the globe? That activity might well turn into a Foreign Corrupt Practices Act issue for your company. In today's climate, it can turn into issues under lots of different anti-corruption jurisdictions. The Brazilian Clean Companies Act, the UK Bribery Act, or even domestic anti-corruption laws such as brought GSK to bear in China. As the Chief Compliance Officer, it will be up to you to begin the process which will determine in many instances how your company will respond going forward and will set the tone throughout this most difficult period. This month's podcast series will provide to you all the steps you need to consider going forward. I'm going to take a look at independent versus in-house investigations, investigation protocols, the different resources that a compliance practitioner may bring to bear in an investigation, such as internal audit, IT, and legal. And I'll take a look at special issues such as privilege, Upjohn and Miranda warnings, data privacy, and of course, the Yates memo and its effect. I think you will learn a lot this month if you follow this podcast series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to the June podcast series. Day one, introduction to investigations and internal reporting. So what do you do when the call, the email, or the personal tip comes into your office? An employee reports suspicious activity somewhere uh, literally across the globe. This suspicious activity might well turn into a FCPA issue for your company. As a chief compliance officer, it will be up to you to begin the process which will determine in many instances how the company will respond going forward. This month's podcast series will provide to you all the steps you need to consider moving forward. This scenario was driven home in a FCPA enforcement action brought by the Securities and Exchange Commission in July 2015 involving the Mead Johnson Nutrition Company. In that case, the company performed two internal investigations into allegations that its Chinese business unit was engaged in conduct which violated the FCPA. Unfortunately, the first investigation performed in 2011 did not turn up any evidence of FCPA violations. It was not until 2013 when the SEC made an inquiry to the company that it performed an adequate internal investigation which uncovered FCPA violations. Similarly, consider Zimmer Biomet, which back in 2012 when it was only Biomet resolved an FCPA violation for nearly a $23 million fine and penalty and then entered into a deferred prosecution agreement. Within the year, Biomet notified its monitor that it had found evidence of additional FCPA violations, which in turn violated the terms and conditions of the Deferred Prosecution Agreement. However, these additional violations by the company, which was purchased by Zimmer and was now named Zimmer Biomet, turned out to have been actions which occurred back in 2010, well before the initial Deferred Prosecution, but were not uncovered in the company's worldwide investigation, which led to the first settlement. Zimmer Biomet paid an additional $13 million 
for this oversight of Biomet's internal investigation and extended out the deferred prosecution and the external monitor, all because the company failed to fully investigate itself thoroughly back in 2012. Excuse me, 2000, uh, leading up to the 2012 settlement. The 2012 FCPA guidance, jointly issued by the Department of Justice and the Security Exchange Commission, states the following on investigations. Once an allegation is made, companies should have in place an efficient, reliable, and properly funded process for investigating the allegation and documenting the company's response, including any disciplinary or remediation measures taken. That is simply it. All that's uh, in the seminal work on the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program regarding investigations. Mark Bone, writing in the FCPA blog, said about the Meade-Johnson matter, investigations that lack sufficient depth, resources, or forethought can pose significant risks because they increase the likelihood that something crucial will be overlooked, potentially permitting misconduct to continue un unabated. Both Mead Johnson and Zimmer Biomet point to the critical nature of FCPA investigations and why the government takes it so seriously. The 2012 FCPA guidance language was significantly expanded in the 2017 Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs document, which was released by the Department of Justice. In prong seven, they had three separate series of questions around investigations. So the effectiveness of, under the effectiveness of reporting mechanisms, we find the following questions. How has the company collected, analyzed, and used information from its reporting mechanisms? How has the company assessed the seriousness of the allegations it received? Has the, has the compliance function had full access to reporting and investigative information? Under the section entitled, Properly Scoped Investigation by Qualified Personnel, we find the following question. How has the company ensured that the investigations have been properly scoped and were independent, objective, and appropriately conducted and properly documented? And then finally, under the uh, heading, Response to Investigations, we find the following questions. Has the company's investigation been used to identify root causes, system vulnerabilities, and accountability lapses, including among supervisory manager and senior executives? What has the process for responding to investigation findings been? How high up the company, in the company, do investigative findings go? The Mead Johnson and Zimmer Biomet matters are about two examples which make clear the need to have robust and integrate, robust integrated investigations. But more than protecting a company from liability under the FCPA, in the internationalized world of global compliance, investigations are becoming much more important. BioRad recently announced that its FCPA settlement was a risk factor which required public disclosure under U.S. securities laws because of this internationalization of anti-corruption settlements. In the domestic arena, internal investigations can go a long way towards helping a company move past a public relations debacle or perhaps continue, continued negative publicity. One only need consider the recently released internal investigation report commissioned by the Wells Fargo Board of Directors around 
the bank's fraudulent accounts scandal. The report was merciless in its criticism of certain structural and cultural failures at the bank. It named names of culpable senior, former senior executives at the company and current senior executives. One thing, however, it did not address were the allegations from multiple whistleblowers who claimed to have reported the fraudulent conduct and were ignored or actively retaliated against. If internal investigations turns out to whitewash these whistleblowers, the financial penalty and negative public reaction could be both swift and severe. Corruption investigations are never a good thing for a company, as they can disrupt business relationships and future business opportunities. Yet today, they are even more important. In this month of June, I will be exploring how you can create, design, and implement a robust investigative protocol for internal investigations and when you should bring in outside counsel for independent investigations. I will consider the board's role in investigations and other corporate issues, excuse me, other corporate functions such as internal audit, IT, and legal in any investigation. I will review special issues such as privilege, Upjohn and Miranda warnings, and data privacy. As Hallmark 7 of the 10 elements of an effective compliance program found in the 2012 guidance states, an effective compliance program should include a mechanism for an organization's employees and others to report suspected or actual misconduct or violation of the company's policies on a confidential basis and without fear of retaliation. And prong seven of the evaluation also uh, deals with reporting. So I will consider hotlines this month as well, both their implementation and use in a best practices compliance program. I will feature several compliance practitioners, both lawyers and non-lawyers, who can relate how they have developed their investigative strategies and navigated various stakeholders to obtain positive results for their clients. So what are today's three key takeaways? First, failure to thoroughly and properly investigate allegations of corruption or other illegal activity can be very costly. Just remember me, Johnson, and Zimmer Biomet. Two, the internationalization of anti corruption enforcement literally across the globe requires even more robust uh, investigations because you may be subject to uh, enforcement actions in multiple countries and you want to have as much information as possible to try to negotiate the best settlement. And three, in this month you will learn about uh, the uh, wide scope of investigations and enforcement, the role of the board, how you can design, design and implement an investigative protocol, the role of the uh, IT, internal audit, and legal, and of course, data privacy, Upjohn and Miranda warnings, privilege, and the ubiquitous Yates memo. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to day one of One Month to Better Investigations, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day two. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I would like to thank you for listening to day one to Better Investigations and Internal Reporting. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate us as it would help in our rankings and also help get out the word about the only daily podcast for the compliance practitioner. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of One Month to Better Investigations and Internal Reporting. And I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day two on selection of investigative counsel.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.